This is the Radio Bible Class, and I'm your host, Tim Carter. We welcome you to our Bible study as the Radio Bible Class streams across the nation and around the world. We bring to you a message how Christ ministers to his disciples after the resurrection. We greet you on the internet and radio with the message that Jesus is alive today. Now, today's lesson is titled, I Am the Door, and it comes from John 10, verses 1 through 10. But before we start our lesson today, Word Talk Inc. could use your support. Now, playing music on the radio may sound simple, but actually it's quite costly due to publishing rights and royalties. And before that first song is ever played, there's utility bills and towel rental fees and maintenance and so forth. We need people just like you to help with the tax-deductible gifts. So won't you do that today? You can do that by calling us at 601-483-8648, and there they can take your information safely and securely over the phone. Or mail us your gift to Word Talk, Inc., P.O. Box 4334, Meridian, Mississippi 39304. Now, your gift to Word Talk, Inc. is IRS approved as a 501c3 tax-exempt ministry. Your contribution is never used for salaries or managerial purposes, but 100% of it goes to the expense providing the good news of Jesus Christ to our listening area. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If you'd like to go back and listen to a previous lesson, you can do that by going to our podcast website. That's Radio Bible Class with no spaces between radiobibleclass.podbean.com or catch us wherever you consume your podcast, whether that's iTunes or Google or Amazon or Spotify. Wherever you listen, we're there too. Just search for WMER Radio Bible Class with no spaces between Radio Bible Class. Today we pick back up in week three of our I Am series. I titled this series, Who Does Jesus Think He Is? Now, I don't mean that in a sacrilegious way, but Jesus answers that question seven times in the book of John. Seven times he says, I am, and then he finishes it with his character. These emphatic phrases of I am are the same exact phrase and verbiage used by God at the burning bush with Moses. But it's important that we understand who Jesus is. Because there is coming a day, Philippians 2.10 tells us that, that every knee will bow. Everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Sadly, though, for many, that day will come too late for them to recognize who Jesus is. They had an opportunity, but they didn't do anything with it. They denied who he was. In review, in week one, we looked at the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And we talked about manna from heaven and how God provided the daily bread. How the nation of Israel was able to go out and get their daily bread. And we said that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. What Jesus was saying is we need him every day. We need our daily bread. And it's through him that we get that daily bread. And then last week, we talked about Jesus as the light of the world. If you remember, he had just had the Pharisees come with the woman that had been caught in adultery, and they tried to trick him. And after they dropped their stones and left, he asked her, who is here that condemns you? And she says, none of my accusers are here. And he says, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. And then he said that I am the light of the world. And we looked at that, how he brings spiritual light. He shines on us where we are spiritually blind. He shows us that darkness and he makes us aware. And that really helps us pick up where we're starting today. In John 10, where he says, I am the door. 
But what's happened in John 9 after we finished our lesson in John 8 is that Jesus heals a blind man, a man that was blind from birth. Even as apostles ask him, was this sin from his mother or his father? Because back in that day, it was thought that there was sin, would a generational sin would be passed down. And Jesus says, no, that's not the case. And we know that today, but even today, there are people that still believe that God punishes us. They have the wrong view of God because of sin. Now, God doesn't approve of our sin. God doesn't bless our sin, but God doesn't directly punish us because of our sin. Jesus goes up to this man, he heals him, and then the Pharisees get upset because he did it on the Sabbath. And then they start picking on this man. They start asking this man. And he says, look, I don't know who this man is, but I believe in the Son of Man because he just healed me. Something you guys couldn't do. And Jesus tells the people, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And this really upset the Pharisees because some of them asked him, Teacher, what are we blind to? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim that you can see, your guilt remains. And then he rolls right into the passage that we're going to go to right now, which is John 10. We'll start in verse 1. I'll be reading out the ESV. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by the name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, hearing this, you may think it's all about sheep, but this, this story really comes to life. And when I say story, I mean really this time in history. The Bible's not a book of fairy tales, but it's a book of history. It talks about what happened. And so it is. this is a true story. And this story makes sense when you see the whole context. Jesus roughly tells them, I'll paraphrase this first few verses, he says, I'm going to tell you as plainly as I can. And, and he tells it in a language that they would understand because you got to realize that they were, they were an agricultural nation, right? They raised sheep and they planted gardens. And he says, if a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, instead of going through the gate, then you know he's up to no good. He's a sheep rustler. He's a sheep stealer. The shepherd who owns the sheep, rightly owns the sheep, walks right up to the gate and the gatekeeper will open the gate for him. And the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he gets them out, he leads them and they follow because they recognize his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but they will scatter because they are scared. They don't recognize the sound of it. 
Now, next week, we're going to study more about the relationship between sheep and shepherd. But Jesus uses the term sheep here, and I, I want to dive into that real quickly. Like I say, I'll cover more of it next week when we talk about I am the shepherd. But let's talk about sheep, because this is a language that the people understood. There's several things about sheep I want you to understand. One is they are defenseless. They are dependent on a shepherd. Sheep aren't smart, under, don't understand direction, and that's why they need a shepherd. They are easy prey, and they are smelly and dirty. So let's look at a couple of these points that I told you about sheep. Sheep are easily spooked. They're, they're easily frightened. That's why Psalms 23 tells us that he leads me beside still waters. In that psalm, David is saying that God is the shepherd and he leads us beside the still waters. He takes us into peaceful water. You might go, Tim, why is that important? Well, sheep are easily frightened and they will not drink from running water. They will only drink from still water. Sheep will never drink from a brook, a river, or anything where the water is making noise. They're scared of it. And if you were a sheep, you'd be scared of it too. I mean, think of it. If you had on 10 sweaters at one time and you fell in, what's going to happen? You would drown. And that's effectively what happens to sheep. If the shepherd's not right there and they fall in, they can't get back up. So they are scared of running water that they may fall in. The other thing I told you is they're defenseless. You think about all the animals in the world. I mean, even a turtle has a shell. If something comes after the turtle, what does he do? He, he sucks himself into the shell. But sheep have nothing. They're defenseless. They don't even have sh sharp teeth. Sheep are defenseless. I mean, they're scared of everything. They're very skittish. And they run, but they don't run very fast because they got 25 sweaters on. You can't run fast with 25 sweaters. They can't growl. I mean, they go, bah. What's scary about bah? And then there's, they're not very smart. They can't be taught tricks. Have you ever seen a sheep in a circus? You won't. They can't be taught tricks. You can't get them to lie down because if they fall down, they can't get back up on their own. They need a shepherd or someone to lift them back up. And I told you they're dirty animals. They secrete oils constantly. Matter of fact, it is marketed now as lanolin. Lanolin comes from sheep. It's the sheep oil and it makes their 25 sweaters that they have on like Velcro. If you're oily, everything you touch sticks to you. And that's why sheep are dirty. Everything sticks to them. And they're never clean unless the shepherd cleans them. But those are just a few of the characteristics of sheep. And you need to understand that and get into that mindset or that context so you understand the role of the shepherd. And we're going to talk more about that next week because Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. But today he's talking about I am the door and he's talking about a sheep pen. And when he's saying, I am the door, he's talking about the doorway into the pen where the sheep would be. At night, the shepherds would put the sheep in a sheep pen. Now, sometimes that was a, a pen that was made from rocks that were high enough that animals couldn't get in. And there was only one way in and out, and that was through the door of the sheep pen. If they were out in the fields and they were away from their own fields, then they would go to where someone else had a sheep pen. And there was this gatekeeper that would only allow the sheep to come and go if the shepherd who put them in there came back. So this was a person that protected the door. 
But anyhow, what Jesus says right here, starting in verse 1, he says, Truly, truly, which means very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs by some other way is a thief and a robber. As we talked before, that truly, truly is a double amen. It indicates what he's about to say is very important, and he wants the audience to understand that. And so he goes on to say, not only are we protecting the sheep from predators, but we're also protecting them from robbers, those up to no good that would climb the fence and try to steal the sheep. But I want you to picture in your mind, there is this sheep pen and there's really only one way in unless you climb over and that's through the door or that's by the gatekeeper. And he goes on to say that sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd. As dumb as sheep can be, they can also be quite smart in that they recognize the voice of their shepherd. There is a story I've heard about shepherds that were out in a field where there's multiple sheep and they're all intertwined and they're eating and they're grazing. And one of the shepherd yells out to come on, we're leaving. And the sheep all lift up their head, but not all the sheep leave. Only a portion of the sheep that are his sheep follow him. They recognize his voice and they leave and they follow that shepherd. And Jesus tells the crowd that sheep won't follow a stranger's voice when they hear it, they will flee. They will run. They'll run away from it. But they will follow the shepherd's voice. They will come to it. Now, the Pharisees are in the crowd and they're listening. And Jesus is calling the Pharisees the thieves and robbers in this story. And as they listen, they start to identify themselves immediately. And why is Jesus doing this? Because this really points back to what just happened on the blind man being healed and the miracle that happened and the Pharisees' response and what they're doing to the blind man. And what Jesus is saying is that people should run away from the Pharisees. They're the ones we should be fleeing from. They're the ones that will call out to us and try to tell us the way to live is by following commandments, and even though that's good, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that we are saved through faith, by grace, and not by works. It's not how many commandments you follow. It's whether you believe on the blood of Jesus Christ that was sacrificed on the cross. But the Pharisees had a strict rules that they had to follow, and if you didn't follow them, then you were a sinner and you were going to hell. And it was about religion and not about God and what he was trying to get us to understand about faith. You'll notice that this is becoming a recurring theme as Jesus teaches and the audience doesn't understand. And the irony of all this is that the people that are listening to him don't really understand his parable. We see that in their questions they ask. But Jesus is speaking to a group of people who just claim to be able to see but their inability to understand is what Jesus is using as an example of their spiritual blindness. Well, then in verse 7, he does the double amen again. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. In verse 7, we see him say, I am. And that is the ego amy we talked about last week. That's the same Greek phrase that was translated in the Septuagint from Hebrew that Moses heard from God. I am, ego amy. So Jesus starts to explain this parable to him, and he says that I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. Those that enter through me can come in and go out and find pasture. 
but the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What Jesus tells them after his ego Amy is that I am the door. I protect the sheep from harm. Now, there are shepherds in the country of Israel, and they would sleep near their sheep, near the sheep pen, if there wasn't a gatekeeper to protect the sheep. And Jesus is saying, I'm your protector. You have to come through me. You have to listen to my voice. I'm the only true way into the sheep pen and out of the sheep pen. I'm the only true way to enter through safety into green pastures. We have to go through him is what Jesus is saying. He is the only way. We'll study this in a few weeks, but in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The world wants us to believe that we can get to God in multiple ways. But the Bible is crystal clear on this. Jesus taught that there is only one way to the Father, and it is through Jesus Christ. It's through his finished work on the cross. If we don't believe in him, we don't have salvation, and we fool ourselves. You know, this exclusive statement that Jesus makes and the Bible teaches confuses some people, it surprises some people, and it offends some people. But it is true nonetheless. We need to understand no one, regardless of their reputation, their achievement, their knowledge, their personal holiness, their theology, their, they can't buy it, mom and dad can't do it for them. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus is the only way to heaven. You might ask him, well, why is that? Well, first of all, Jesus is the only way to heaven for several reasons. One, he was chosen by God to be our Savior. Listen to what 1 Peter 2, 4 says. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. The New Living Translation reads it this way. You are coming to Christ, who is a living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. God chose him to be our Savior. Also, Jesus is the only one to ever have come down from heaven and then returned there. John 3.13 says, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. He's also the only person to have lived a perfect life. Hebrews 4.15 tells us for it, We do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And he is the sacrifice for our sin. 1 John 2.2 2 says, He is the appropriation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. He fulfilled the law of the prophets. He was the only man to have conquered death. Those are just a few reasons that the Bible shows us why Jesus is the only way to heaven. And if you want eternal life in heaven, it's only possible through Jesus Christ. The third of the seven I am's, Jesus says, I am the door. He declares and he says that I am. And by saying, I am the door, he declares the exclusive nature of salvation through him or through the door. I'll cover this more next week, but Jesus isn't only the good shepherd who leads us into the sheep pen or the sheep fold and protects us, but he's the only door to get into the safety. And that's what he says right there in verse 9. Let's look at that again real quick. I am the door. Again, there he goes. Ego Amy, the door. 
If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And then a famous verse we all like to quote. You want to underline it, highlight it. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, but the thief comes to kill and to steal and destroy. Verse 9 and 10, he contrasts protection and freedom and pastures from stealing, death, and destruction that's brought on by the thief. The thief acts for their own selfish ends and desires, but the good shepherd or the shepherd protect the sheep, serves the sheep by providing them the way of life at the cost of his own life if that's what it takes. And we'll talk more about that, like I say, next week. The other thing that should come aware to you is that if we have to go through the door, we have to go through Jesus means that we start out on the outside. And we talked about this last week and the week before that the book of Romans tells us that we've all fallen short. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all on the outside. One of my good friends, Dr. Danny Lanier, says that you have to be lost to be found. One of the first things they teach you in AA is that you have to admit you have a problem to be able to fix the problem. And what we need to understand is that we are all start out on the outside. We're outside of Jesus. And if we want to enter into the safety of the sheepfold, then we have to go through the door. We have to go through Jesus. We need that salvation through Jesus. And only you can do that. No one else can do it for you. You have to make that decision. So there's a couple of things we need to look at. One, the sheep follow the voice of the shepherd. That's what Jesus says earlier in this passage. And the only way that we can know his voice is how. First, we have to be saved. We have to know him. And we have to know his word. And so, again, you hear people say all the time, Jesus tells me to do this or Jesus tells me. How do they know what Jesus is telling them to do? Well, the Bible should back up whatever you feel the Spirit is telling you you should do. The voice of Jesus or the Holy Spirit will never contradict the Bible. So if you're hearing something that goes directly against the Bible, then that is not of God. But that is of the thief that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. So how do you know the shepherd's voice? Well, first we have to be saved. Then we have to get in his word and we have to study it. We have to go to church and we have to listen to his word. And then we need to have a relationship. And we will learn by studying his word that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And that's how we know his voice. But he also says that sheep run away from strangers, thieves and robbers. So the second way this applies to us is that sheep run away and we should run away when we don't recognize that voice or that voice contradicts what the Bible says. But Jesus is talking to the Pharisees through this parable. We don't have Pharisees today that would lead us astray, but there is a lot of things in this world. And we need to run from those messages, the message of the world. One of the things that we see is that the false message is always about self. It's to make them look better and not pointing to God. And it doesn't line up with the Word of God. But once we are sheep and we know the true voice then we hear what is not a true voice, then we run from that. We run away from sin. We don't stay there. And the last thing that we see that I want to point out is that sheep enter through the door for safety and pasture. And when we enter through Jesus, we find that safety. We find that freedom from sin. When we are saved, 
the light of the world starts shining areas on our life that we don't like anymore and we clean that up. And what you need to understand is by going through the door, we have the safety of Jesus and sin no longer has its hold on us. It loses its power over us. I'm out of time, so let me close with this final thought. Jesus said in verse 19, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus is claiming that he is the door. Jesus is saying that he is the only way to heaven. He is the only way to receive forgiveness of your sins. He is the only way in. It is through that door. Jesus makes this statement right before he tells us he's the good shepherd that we'll look at next week. But Jesus is referencing a gate, a door to the sheep pen, and that believers have to go through that door for safety into his pasture. Another thing I want you to think about is a door indicates that not everyone can come inside. When we think about our homes, most of us have a front door with locks on them. Those who we know, we allow to come in the door, but those we don't know, we lock and we only open the door once we feel safe letting them in. And Jesus is saying that he's inviting all people to him. He is welcoming all people to come in. Just knock on the door of salvation. He will receive you. He will give you his free gift. However, not everyone chooses to accept this invitation that Jesus has. This reminds me of a picture that was hung on the wall of my grandmother's house up in Memphis, Tennessee. It was a picture of Jesus knocking on the door. In Revelations 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door, I will come in with him. Jesus is saying that he's inviting all people when he says, I am the door, to come in. He's welcoming all people if you want salvation. You want his free gift. But not everyone chooses to accept his invitation. Not everybody opens a door that he's knocking on. Those that remain on the outside, those that are on the outside. And remember, I told you we are all on the outside until we're saved. But those that choose to remain on the outside choose not to accept Jesus' free gift. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ today, you can take great joy knowing that Jesus is our door. If you're not a follower... Luke 11, 9 and 10 says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and he who knocks, it will be open. Jesus will not turn away those that knock on the door and ask. We have a guarantee that we will be accepted into the family of God, not because of anything we've done, not because that we deserve to be there, but it's through God's grace. And this should bring great hope to you and me that we are received and we are loved. The door is open to us. All we have to do is go through it. We have to accept the door. We have to go through the door for our safety. We don't have to fear the world. We don't have to fear that the door will be shut and won't allow us in. It won't be locked. God's grace is sufficient for all of us. The door is always open. And Jesus is knocking on your door, asking you, will you let me come in? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we come before you today, Lord. We thank you for this time together. Lord, we thank you for this lesson that you are the door. Lord, as we study the I am's, that you are the bread of life, you give us our daily bread, and that it's through you on a daily basis that we get to 
eat with you and we get to spend time with you. And Lord, that you are the light of the world, that you expose darkness. Light exposes darkness and that you expose the darkness in our life. And as we allow you in, you show us the darkness and we prune that away. And then today you show us that we are filthy, stinky sheep and that we need a shepherd. And you are the good shepherd and you are the door to allow us into the sheep pen. Lord, we thank you that you loved us enough to send your son to die on a cross to make a way so that you can clean us up and make us smell good and look good. Father, I pray right now that anyone listening that has an issue, maybe they've not walked in the way they should. Maybe they're trying to do it in their own strength. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray today they would lay it at your feet. Lord, they would ask for forgiveness of sins in their life. Lord, they would turn. They would not allow the thief to come and steal and kill and destroy. Lord, I pray for the one that doesn't know you at all, that's still on the outside of the door, that you're standing at and knocking, Lord, that they would accept you as Lord of their life. Lord, they would admit they're a sinner. They would believe that I'm on the outside. I need to get through the door and you are the only way to the Father, that I need to come through the door. Lord, that they would believe on your finished work and what you did to overcome sin and death. And Lord, that they would confess you with their mouth before men. Lord, we thank you for all your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you give this ministry. It's in your name we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.